Together we're going to be talking about uh, breath uh, for uh, four weeks together, and so I want to talk about that a little bit together and get you thinking about uh, breath. You know, breath is crucial uh, to our existence. Breath, when it's present, comes with hope, opportunity, uh, potential, and when that breath is the very breath of God, uh, something even greater uh, happens. Uh, the meaning of breath is to take air, oxygen, into our lungs and expel it. Inhale, exhale, repeat over and over again. Live and exist. Uh, the process of, of breathing. So when you think about breathing, breathing is an act that we perform uh, since we were born. But for many of us, it only becomes illuminated when we, when we have trouble with it or when we have difficulty. Um, we might go all day without noticing our breath. But of all the functions of our body, the act of breathing, so fascinating, is completely subconscious, and yet you can exert conscious control. It is a muscular act. It's a, a, a controlled by uh, sciences and the, the gases of oxygen and carbon dioxide in and out of our body. It sustains our life. It nourishes our organs. It expels waste from our body. It can affect our emotional state, uh, understanding about our breathing. As we breathe through our nose and our mouth, the air flows through our body. Uh, we recognize this breathing. Someone has said that breath is the finest gift of nature. Be grateful for this wonderful gift of breath. Someone else said, remember to breathe after all. It's the secret of life. So it's a it's common belief that breathing is uh, primarily with our lungs alone, but in fact, your whole body gets involved in breathing. The lungs play a role in the respiratory process, the expansion and the contraction of, uh, of our lungs. But proper breathing involves muscles of the head and the neck and the chest cavity. It can be known, uh, shown that chronic tension comes to us when our breathing is messed up. You know that, don't you? That when breathing is not right, it creates tension on the body and in your life. Breathing is a rhythmic activity. Normally, a person at rest breathes about 16 to 17 uh, times a minute. The rate can be higher for like infants or uh, some of us when we get excited, uh, we might breathe more often. It's lower in sleep and in depressed people. Breathing becomes shallow when we are frightened or anxious. It deepens uh, with relaxation and pleasure and sleep. But above all, the, the quality of breathing determines uh, is it going to be pleasurable or not? Is it easy breathing or uh, uh, full breathing that we can uh, rest easy in? The importance of our breathing uh, can't be overexpressed. Uh, hardly even needs to be expressed. Literally, it fills us with uh, the life of God. Sometimes when we're talking to people, we might say, where you're right where you need to be, you just need to take a breath. Um, when you're thinking about breath, maybe you think about bad breath. Um, something we, we try to deal with. It's a, it's a serious problem. And maybe you said, hey, man, you, need, you got bad breath. Um, or you know that the honeymoon is over when you say, hey, babe, you got to do something about that breath. <laughs> 
Uh, we, we try to cover up our bad breath. We cover it up with flossing and brushing and using mouthwash. And, uh, and then the breath mint. Now, I gave you a mint today, not because I thought you had bad breath, but I want you to hold on to that mint. I'll give you an idea about that later. Don't eat it yet. Uh, there's two reasons. One, I'll tell you later. The second one is that the custodians don't like it when I give away candy like that because paper gets all over the, the thing, you know, and I love my custodial people. Um, you know, so, and you really don't need it unless you got it, you got it bad today anyway. You know, breath mints are like a huge business in our society. Altoids and Lifesavers, they bring in about $4 billion uh, through breath, breath mints. Um, so, um, recognizing that uh, we, we talk a lot of breath, breath. We think about it, not only uh, bad breath, but uh, I gave you a few other examples. I began to think about how often we talk about breath. We don't really think about our breathing most of the time, but it comes through in all kinds of ways. I came up with um, 43 different ways that we talk about breath. Um, I didn't even look it up on the internet. I just wrote them down. Uh, things like um, catch my breath or a breath of fresh air. And we say things like that. Um, how about this? Um, we might say out of breath. You've just been running and going, and now you're, you're out of breath. When you, when you go see, oh, I don't know, when you go see the Grand Tan Canyon, you would say, oh, that is breathtaking, and we use the word breath. Um, to somebody that does something nice for you or somebody that you love, you might say, you take, you take my breath away. I like that one. Um, uh, take a breath or take a deep breath. Maybe your doctor would say, give me a few deep breaths as they're checking you out. Uh, the Bible talks about God's breath being the breath of life. Um, somebody that might fight to the last breath. Uh, freshen your breath. Gasp for breath. Uh, big breath. Uh, I, I heard this morning, I'm, uh, I've been a little short of breath. Heard that this morning in the, in the hallway. Uh, how about don't waste your breath? Uh, we say like, like don't, don't even get started. Just don't wait. Or save your breath. Save your breath. Um, uh, we could say um, if somebody's not, uh, if, if we're not going to do what they ask us to do, we might say, well, don't hold your breath. Uh, you know, we use breath a lot. Uh, hold your breath. Uh, we might say somebody took their last breath. Um, I'm trying to get my second breath, or my, we, we might say second wind, uh, and kind of get the breath. Uh, in the next breath, in the same breath. Uh, in, you ever had your child or somebody come in and try to tell you a story, and you say, whew, they said that in one breath. You know, just, they were excited, and they were telling you that. Um, with every breath. How about this? With bated breath we would say. We're thinking about that we were something that we were anticipating, and we talk about breath. Um, how about this? Um, somebody that is breathing down your neck, right? Um, or maybe you say, whew, he's breathing fire today. Oh, we, we know that he's, he's got a little attitude going on. Something's happening with him. Uh, uh, some people would say, as I, yeah, I saw some elbowing in that. Be careful on that now. Um, as I live and breathe, um, maybe I could have get a little breathing room here. Um, or if, if we don't want anybody to tell, we'll say, well, don't breathe a word of it now. Uh, breathe freely, breathe easily. Uh, 
you know, when, sometimes when you cook, um, so my mom used to have a cake, and she'd say, okay, you got to let that breathe uh, for, for a little while. Or I like this jacket because it breathes. The fabric uh, kind of lets air through there, so I feel cooler. Um, breathe a sigh of relief. Or, huh, I can't breathe. I can't catch my breath. Uh, breathe new life into something. Um, here's, here's one of my favorites. Um, well, excuse me for breathing. <laughs> We use that idea. We use breath a lot, don't we? In a lot of different idioms and the way that we, uh, way that we describe things. Well, the Bible uh, talks a lot about breath. Um, original um, Hebrew and Greek words that help us with that. There's there's three different words that are used pretty consistently. Uh, neshama is a Hebrew word, and ruach is a Hebrew word. Both of, the, all of, both of those could be translated soul or spirit or breath. Uh, ruach could even be wind. Ruach is focusing on the power of. So the power of, spi- of the spirit, the power of the wind, the power of breath. The New Testament word is pneuma. Uh, Numa, um, we use Numa to describe the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, the study of the Holy Spirit is pneumatology. Uh, so Numa is a word that can be can mean spirit or wind or breath, and all of those have a involvement not only in physical breathing but in spiritual breathing. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you ever thought about spiritual breathing, but spiritual breathing is the same idea. Physically, we inhale and then we exhale. We inhale a certain percentage of oxygen and then we exhale the waste, the carbon dioxide uh, that we have in our bodies. The same spiritually. You know, we want to we want to breathe in the presence and the Spirit of God in our life. We want to breathe in and allow His presence to be in our... But we want to breathe out those negative things that are there. Uh, you ever felt like that? You know, you got something happening, you get yourself all worked up, and we just need to take a minute and breathe in and then breathe out that old, that negative, that bitterness or that hurt uh, that's, that's going on there. So we recognize uh, that there's these different words uh, that encourage us. We'll come back to these uh, and describe... Uh, how life is precious and meaningful to us. Now, some of the scriptures that we're going to look at, uh, not only today, but I'm going to give you scriptures we're going to look at throughout this series. Uh, So we're going to do this for four weeks. We're starting with Genesis. In Genesis 2-7, it says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and what? Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Um, that's Genesis 2-7. Uh, the message translation says, God formed man out of the dirt of the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life. The man came alive, a living soul. So the breath of God brings life in, the, in this creation moment. Job said, Job 33 verse 4, the Spirit of God has made me the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Job 27.3, as long as I have life within me, the breath of God in my nostrils. Uh, Next week, we'll look at this story of the dry bones and how God took what was was dead 
and what was gone and began to breathe life into it. Ezekiel 37 says, This is what the sovereign Lord says to the bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you like skin. I will put, say it, breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You can see how breath is all wrapped up in this miracle that happened in Ezekiel. John chapter 20, uh, that'll be what we look at in about three weeks and on the 8th. Um, it says, on the evening of the first day of the week, this scripture is talking about after Jesus has been resurrected from the dead, the first day when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then one of the most amazing places in Scripture, the Bible says, And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.16, tells us what the Bible is. It says, All Scripture is what? God breathed. And it's useful for rebu teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. And finally, uh, the word that we sang, we sang right at the beginning of the service. Uh, Psalm 150, verse 6. Uh, let's just say the whole thing together. Ready? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So let's use our breath, right? Let's use our breath to praise Him. That's why we sing these songs. That's why we use our voices. He gives us the opportunity to say, Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Praise to Jesus. We celebrate Him. He didn't create us and give us breath so that we could just do all the talking we want to do. He wanted us to praise Him to celebrate Him. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Genesis 2.7 is, is kind of our focal point for today. It says, The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and a man became a living being. You know, the Bible is so God-centered, so we find that right at the beginning, God is at work. In Genesis, we see God mentioned over and over again through his name and through personal pronouns, reminding us that it's the Spirit of God that comes and bring, brings about uh, creation. Um, verse 7 there tells us that God formed mankind, uh, eventually turning us into uh, the person that he created to be. Um, you know, the world loves to talk about it being an accident, but we recognize that we were formed into, by God to be a living soul. First thing I'd like to, to, to say to you is that it reminds us through this verse that we are uniquely shaped by God. You are uniquely shaped by God. Job 10.8 says, Your hands shaped me and made me. Uh, so we recognize that this is the Lord God. He's the only one. He is the one that's created us. Not one of you in here, not one person that you're going to come across today or any day for the rest of your life. None of those people were created any other way by only the Lord God Almighty. He created every one of us. This verse tells us that we were formed, formed a man from the dust of the ground. Formed means to 
fashion something. It's like taking clay and molding it into uh, what you have in your mind, a vision for it. It's a word that's used of a potter in the clay or a wood carver with uh, some wood forming something into existence. Uh, it's the idea of, of being formed through activity. Isaiah 43 verse 7 says that everyone the Lord formed, he did so for his glory. Isaiah 43 21 says that the people of the Lord are formed that will declare his praises. We already talked about that. The world tells us, the word tells us that we are created in the mind of God, that he did not leave us lifeless bodies on the ground. He he calls us forth and creates us through the breath of God uh, in us. It's really the climax of God's creative work, isn't it? This extraordinary creation of people. Him breathing his breath into our nostrils that we become a living being, a living soul. He formed him from the dust of the ground. He breathed his own breath into him that distinguished him from all else in creation. You know, we see that God alone created man. He shaped us into who we are, the being that we are. Uh, he formed him, he molded him, he shaped him into the person of God. We recognize that we are made in the image of God. We are uniquely shaped by God. Everybody doesn't believe that, you know. You know, this, this sermon is really not about um, evolution, but... I thought I'd talk about it just for a minute anyway. You know, the psalmist says that God formed and knitted us together in our mother's womb, not that we evolved from a monkey. Uh, he fit our bones together in our joints, and he put blood vessels and muscles in place. He created and shaped each of us in a unique way. You're a unique creation of God. And that's not a negative, funny thing to say. You're beautiful. You're made by God. You're shaped by Him. You know, so many people have these self-esteem problems or whatever. You shouldn't have no self-esteem issues. You're made by God. God Almighty shaped you and made you. This whole idea of evolution is that we're all accidents. We kind of just got shaped and formed through a bang, the big bang or some explosion, and the earth spun off and uh, in the atmosphere, and all these things began to just happen, this whole evolutionary process. I got problems with evolution. Do you? Yeah. Uh, evolution is like, a, you know, it's really like a belief system. It's not really science because they can't prove anything. So it's like a belief system. You know, if you, you can either believe in what they say or you can believe that God is the creator, that he has shaped us. And we have to understand that uh, and decide what we're going to believe. I mean, the first, of all, first thing about it is it's just completely unbiblical. Uh, you say, well, that's not a problem. Some people don't believe in the Bible anyway. Uh, but uh, recognizing that God has given us the truth. We believe that. We believe on the basis of what the Bible uh, has said. So we recognize. I mean, there's some people that I, that, I, that I read occasionally that sort of have this, um, what's that phrase, theistic evolution. That means they think God was involved, but then it's kind of just naturally evolved. Into something. You know, that's just not true. Uh, you know, I got all kinds of problems with this. It's unsubstantiated. Uh, you know, if some guy came walking in here and said, take this worm, and in an hour, he's going to become a man, you would, we would just laugh him out of here, wouldn't we? But he can walk in a classroom and say, look at this worm, and in two million years, he's going to be a man. And then we say he's a credible scientist. It's ridiculous. Huh? 
Uh, someone said evolution is a fairy tale for adults. You know, children's fairy tales say, kiss the frog and it will become a prince. Evolution says, kiss the frog and in two million years he'll become a prince. It's like an adult fairy tale. See, there's all these gaps in the thinking. Gaps like there's a gap between nothing and matter. Uh, the evolutionists say, well, there's a gap there, but someday it'll be filled when we kind of get it all figured out. There's a gap then not only between nothing and matter, but between matter and life itself. Um, you know, one day we'll, they'll figure that out. I'll get the, the third gap is a gap between life and human life. Do you know that God fills in all the gaps in the Bible? He fills it all in. The Bible fills in the gap between nothingness and matter. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. First word of the Bible. And that's the most logical explanation you're ever going to get. All the other explanations make no sense at all. That's a reasonable perspective. God created uh, everything. And when you ask, how does that matter then turn into life? The Bible says God created every living and moving thing. So that's Genesis 1.21. And then the last gap was how do you go from life that he created, vegetation and animals, to human life? And then the Bible says, God created man in his own image. The Bible answers the gap problems with evolution. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, none of that does. I mean, any, we, we got young people and, and adults that struggle with their own self-image. We have suicide rates among young people as well as older people. People that have just about everything that are still committing suicide, finding no purpose in living killing kids killing kids in schools and life that is filled with purposelessness and meaninglessness and evolution doesn't make sense god shaped us god shaped us into the person that we were you remember the story where job is is talking to god and god says to job where were you where were you when i laid the foundations of the earth you weren't here he says, I gave the commands, the world came into being, and I created you in my image. God ever say that to you? Where were you? You're complaining about whatever, you know. You just, you know what it is. You just check it out. And he says, who are you? Who are you to be complaining? Have you been here all this time? Don't you know that I gave you breath? Don't you know that I created you? Don't you know that I know everything about what's happening to you? Where were you? Who are you to be saying that? He's the one. He shapes everything. He is the one that brings us together. So we not only see that we are shaped by God uniquely. Number two, we are uniquely sacred to God. Uniquely sacred to God. It says, the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul, a living being. You know, you don't hear that anywhere else. He talks about uh, taking the dirt. You know, some people think that means he just kind of took a clod of dirt and made you. You know, what dirt means there is describing the ingredients of the earth. So he unites oxygen and nitrogen and magnesium and, and all these things and he unites them together. You know, that's what we're made up of, is all these elements that are from the earth. Water, oxygen, nitrogen, all that stuff. Some, 
some website I saw uh, did an evaluation of how much the elements that are used to make up the body are worth, and it was about a dollar. So, you know, when you start looking at all that, we're not, we're not very valuable. But the one thing that makes the difference is that God breathed his breath into you. He breathed his breath into you and made you alive. As a matter of fact, you're alive today because of the breath of God uh, in us. We are, we are sacred to God. We are viewed with such love as, as he breathes into us. Um, we learn that... Um, that God, God is no respecter of persons. God loves us all. So no matter who you are or uh, whatever your feelings are about yourself or how you grew up or where you were, God loves us all. Hey, I'll tell you something about Darwin. You know, I've, since I'm getting on him today, I might as well just go ahead. Um, Darwin was a racist. Like, if he came up with this theory today, man, the media would just put him out because he was a total racist toward, he thought that white people were just so superior. Uh, but that's ridiculous. You know, it doesn't matter where you grew up, what kind of achievements you received, what kind of, uh, what you have or don't have. God loves us all. We are all sacred to God. You know what? The, the church, the church cannot be racist. We cannot be prejudiced toward other people because all people have been made by God. All people are sacred to God. you got to watch what you say and how you act and how you think. Now, I'll tell you something. I, I'm pretty sure that I grew up in a way more prejudiced place than you did. I did. I grew up right in the middle of the South. This little community where you're in, you're talking about racist. I not only had it racist in the community, I had racist from my father. I mean, he, he grew up in all that, and he just didn't, he didn't like none of that. And he, I mean, he used all the language and everything, you know, and I, I just kind of blocked all that out. But, man, you just live around that, and you, uh, you go to, a, uh, you see kids going to a white high school, and there, there's a black high school, and there's, you know, people didn't, People didn't put up with all that. I mean, there was so much prejudice that was going on. But I want to tell you something. I don't have to be prejudiced just because I grew up over there. Good preaching, Pastor, right? Yeah, we cannot be prejudiced as the people of God because I don't have to be like that because I grew up there because I got the breath of God in me. God helps me to know that every, everybody is sacred. You know, so I don't... I don't treat people poorly. I don't, I don't want to be... I heard about this guy that was so anxious to go home, and so he's driving home, and um, he's tailgating this lady behind him or whatever, and she's kind of just taking her time. Well, they get to the intersection, and the light turns yellow, and so she slows down and stops. Now, she could have made it, you know. I know, y'all. Um, she could have made it, but she stopped. And so, I mean, this guy's just, I mean, he's blowing that horn, and he's waving out the window, and he's got all kind of little signals he's giving her, you know. I mean, he is upset, and he's just going on. And on. In just a minute, there's a little tap on his window, and it's a police officer. And he says, sir, would you get out of the car? And so he gets him out of the car, and he arrests him. And he puts him in the squad car, and they go down to the police department. And uh, so they check everything out, and he comes to him, and he says, sir, there's been a mistake. And I'm, I'm going to have to let you go. 
And he says, well, why was I arrested to begin with? He said, well, I noticed on the back of your car it had this follow Jesus bumper sticker and this fish and follow me to Sunday school and all this stuff. So I just knew that somebody had to have stole your car the way you were acting out there. <laughs> Everybody shaped by God. Every person sacred to God. By the way, don't put that stuff on your car and then act like that. <laughs> See what God is telling us, reminding us that we've been created by him. And he has breathed his life into us. So uh, how do we use our breath? How do we use our life as an example? Uh, he's reminding us to think about this breath of God uh, in us. We are sacred to God. Uh, no respecter of persons, knowing that just as he loves everybody, so too do we love those around us, uniquely shaped by God, uniquely sacred to God. Psalm 139, 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Psalm 139, 14. I love this from the message. Listen to this. It's so exciting. Oh, yes. You shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking, body and soul. I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. We are shaped by God. We are sacred to God. We are uniquely satisfied in God. What I mean by that is you look, you look and see what's happening in this creation story. God took man and put him in the garden, and he tells him he's going to work there, and the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper to him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and the birds of the air, and he brought them to man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each of the living creatures, that was its name. So the man got to name the livestock and the birds of the air and all the beasts of the field. So you notice that he's in a perfect environment. He's got the breath of God in him, and God gives him work to do in fulfilling uh, this role in the Garden of Eden. Um, so he recognizes that there's all these animals, there's all these things around him. Uh, then he says, uh, it's not good for man to be alone. And so he creates woman. And he brings on, and he, all of these things God said are good. God created the world and saw that it was good. He created the vegetation, the magnificent creatures, the breathtaking plants and valleys and mountains. And when it was all done, God said it was good. And he fashioned the man from the dust of the earth and he gave him life. He formed him. He shaped him. It was breathtaking to see what he did. Do you, do you feel like you're breathtaking? These guys, 40, 46 years, right? I'm sure she's breathtaking. Yeah, 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 you look around at people, quit complaining about them. You know, maybe they don't look as good. Maybe they need to go to the gym. I don't know. I probably need to go to the gym myself. But made by God and created to bring joy and satisfaction. That's right, right? That's why you're together. 
Um, it's not always perfect, but you're created to uh, love each other and to find great satisfaction in each other. God has given the breath of life so you could come together, just like Adam and Eve, just like the, in the creation. You just look at all these people around you that love you, that care for you. God shaped us so that we would be satisfied and have great satisfaction in our soul for what he has given to us. That's what he did for Adam. Breathed life into him, gave him life, offered him a great satisfaction. Of, of nothing else that we read, that God himself breathed life into. So you see these pictures of God bringing, breathed life into this creation of Adam. And then later we saw that he breathed life into these disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We'll see how he breathed life into these bones that were out in the, uh, in the field there. And we'll see how he breathed life uh, into the people of God and how he breathed life into his church. God, the breath of God is the, the power of God in the, in the church. We, hear, we see in the, uh, Acts chapter 2 that suddenly there came the sound of a rushing mighty wind. Same word, ruach, for breath. And it filled the house uh, where they were sitting, uh, noticing that God gives his spirit. See, our hearts bear this signature of God in us. His divine breath, it lingers in us, making us aware that we're, we're not just pushed to the side. We're not some animals. We're not made from monkeys. We, don't evolve. we are people of God that are created and shaped by him. He makes us aware of his existence, his presence with us in our life. We notice that he is the creator, uh, the savior of the world. What a transformation has happened to us and in us because of the creation that he has, he has brought to us. You know, we see that there's breath mentioned in the very beginning of creation. Also notice that there is breath mentioned when Jesus comes and he's on a cross and the Bible says that his, his breath, his breath was, was difficult. That was the whole idea of crucifixion, to, to bring suffocation. The Bible says that near the end, Jesus says, it is finished, and he breathed his last. Well, we know that's not true. We know the rest of the story. But what it reminds you is, from your beginning to the very end, God's breath. He is with you. He breathes life into us, and he's with us, and he walks with us, and he teaches us. What a, what a change has been brought in your life, in my life, because of the transformation that he has brought. I was thinking about how Scripture uh, reminds us of that. Because the breath of God is in you, he says you are complete, the one who is the head over the church and over principalities and power. I am alive in Christ, Ephesians 2.5. I am free from the law of sin and death. Why is that? Because you have been received the breath of God in you. I am far from oppression and fear does not come near me. I am born of God and without the evil one does not, does not touch me. I am holy and without blameless before him in love. I have the mind of Christ. I have the peace of God that passes understanding. I have the greater one living in me. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. How is he in you? He's in you through the breath of God. The spirit of God that is inside of you. I have received the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of Jesus, my eyes of understanding being enlightened. I have put off the old man and taken on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge of the image of him who created me. 
I have no lack, for my God supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It's kind of quiet in here. I'm pretty excited about what he... I can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one through my shield of faith. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Uh, his breath living in us. I show forth the praises of God who has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I am a new creature in Christ. I'm the spirit being alive unto God. I'm a believer. The light of the gospel shines in me. I'm a doer of the word of God and blessed in my actions. I am joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Uh, Romans 8, 17. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. I am the overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the word the breath of my testimony. Uh, I'm a partaker of the divine nature. I'm the ambassador for Christ. I'm part of the chosen generation, a royal peace priesthood, a holy nation, a purchased people. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am not on my own. I am the light of the world. I am his elect, full of mercy, kindness, humility, and long-suffering. I am forgiven of all my sins and washed in the blood. I am delivered by the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God. I am firmly rooted, built up, established in my faith, and overflowing with gratitude. Listen to this. I am called of God to be the voice of his praise. It's breath. I'm using my voice to give him praise. I'm raised up with Christ and seated in heavenly places. I am greatly loved by God. I am strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. I am submitted to God, and the devil flees from me because I resist him in the name of Jesus. To press on toward the goal to win the prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. It is not I who live, but Christ lives in me. Amen. His breath. He blew. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's worth cheering that. What do you think about his breath? I gave you that mint so that maybe you could sit it on your dresser there and think about breath this week. Use your mouthwash for the other thing. You know? <laughs> this is your reminder that you would think about his breath. His breath has made you alive. Maybe you're a person in this room that has struggled with your physical breathing sometimes. Praise God for the healing that he gives to us and helps us with our physical breath. But more importantly... Spiritual breath. All summer, we are talking about all these different things we're doing are focused on helping us to be close to God, closer to Him in our, in our walk with Him as we look at the Word and some of the other things we're going to talk about. But there's nothing closer than your breath. God is close. A song we used to sing said, uh, He's as close as the mention of His name. His breath. I'd like you to, to think about him being breathed on, being recognizing that his, his desire to allow his breath to live in you. So that's your homework, is to think about breath, uh, Jesus' breath on us, the breath of God uh, in us, reminded of what he wants to give to us. I don't, I don't know how many more breaths you had. I looked it up. I was born May 17, 1961, so I think it was 450,868,000 something, something, that uh, the number of breaths that I would probably have taken since I've been alive. It's pretty amazing. 
He gives us breath. He gives us life. But it's more than just physical life, the spiritual life that he offers to us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity for us to think together about how special every one of us is to you, shaped by your hand. Just as you created Adam, you created all of us. Lord, we all look different. We all have different characteristics. But when you look at us, you recognize that that's my, that's my creation. That's my child. I'm their father. I'm their creator. Lord, I pray that if there's somebody in this room that is feeling negative about themselves, not feeling like they have a whole lot of uh, good self-image, I pray that they'd be reminded that they were made in God's image, that you see us as so sacred to you. You love us. Lord, if there's somebody in this room that really doesn't know you, hasn't put their trust in you, maybe there's somebody here today that's been, uh, or maybe even watching online right now, that's feeling really bad about themselves. They need a touch from you. Lord, I pray as we think about breath, that we'll be reminded that we are who we are because of the breath of God in us. You love us. You have shaped us. You have brought great satisfaction to our soul. Lord, we praise you. We worship you together. We thank you for your presence uh, in this service today. I pray that if there's a man or a woman here today that is not right with you and they know that things aren't good, that, Lord, they would recognize that they have the breath of God in them. That today would be a day of salvation, a day of be a day of trusting in you. Lord, if, if there's somebody here that's struggling with their own self, Lord, I pray that they would draw near to you and be reminded of how valuable they are to you. Thank you for all the ways, all the things that you have demonstrated through your word. People, the people that you have called us and told us who we are because we have the breath of God in us. Speak to us, Lord, as we work on this series together and as we watch how you use your breath to bring us life. We praise you together, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody said together. Amen. Amen.